0: hot and delicious! The modern eater. Boom, boom, boom,
1: boom, boom.
0: Come and, it. and now your
2: hosts, Greg Hollenbeck and Jay Parker. Alright, yes it is, and here we are. 604 in the Mile High City. All set to go. Locked and loaded. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Jay, another busy week in the books. Y- uh, yes, it was. And uh, we are back
3: in studio and we went to a lot of different places uh, this week. We saw a lot of chefs, a lot of fun, a lot of beer, a lot of food.
2: A lot of uh, new sponsors that are joining the show as well. And we're really looking forward to introducing a few of those. Uh, Salvage Restaurant in Aurora, Hopi Mondale, and Stephen Mondale. Those guys are great. We visited salvage restaurant this past week that was cool too yes and then alamo uh, alamo draft house mm-hmm. uh, which is a really cool place as well let's jump right to it we've got to uh, just uh, introduce this gentleman to the show i've been so looking forward to this for weeks and we've been able to land him down and because it's a uh an away week for the broncos and uh chef christopher DeJean is going to uh co-host the uh, first hour of the show with us tonight from center plate at Sports Authority Field at Mile High. It's so great to have you here with us, Chef Dijon. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, bring that mic right up close to you. We're going to settle in here. Uh, We're standing by, and we're going to, Chef Dijon, we're going to get into your illustrious career. What's going on at Mile High? I think a lot of people, if if you're going to Mile High to see a game, uh, Broncos specifically for me, I'm going to eat something.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you got to try something. You've got
2: to eat something. The thing
4: is, they usually eat where they sit. And it's like, you got to venture around and look around the stadium.
2: I want, and we're going to get into that because one of the first questions that uh, is on my mind is does everywhere you go, do they carry the same things or are there secret gems throughout the stadium that you can find different menu items?
4: There are a few gems. We, unfortunately we have some of the the best gems are up in the club level Mm -hmm. Uh, just allows me to with my guys, to be able to you know produce some really different food than what the rest of the
2: stadium's getting. Totally looking forward to the conversation with you. And, and we're going to do this right now and jump to the VIP line. And that's where we have uh, Chef Brother Luck. Brother Luck's on the phone with us right here on the Modern Eater Show. Chef, you're joined with Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and from center plate at Sports Authority Field of Mile High, Chef Christopher Dijon. How are you, Chef Brother Luck? Hey, what's going on, everybody? How are we doing today? <laughs> we're doing good. Awesome. <laughs> good to hear your voice. Uh, last time we met, you were just opening up a new location in Colorado Springs called Four by Brother Luck. How how did that opening go for you?
5: Oh, man, it's crazy. You know, I opened the restaurant up on May 2nd, then I left to go tilt-top Chef May 5th.
2: So. <laughs> top chef, man. I, uh, listen, this is one of those top chefs. If you're a Coloradan, you don't want to miss it. You just don't want to miss it. Uh, quite the lineup that you have going on there. Jay told me there's things that you can and can't, that you're sworn to secrecy, right?
5: I don't know what you're talking
2: about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> top chefs, talk about the show just itself, um, Chef Luck.
5: Uh, I mean, you know, I'm I'm honored to be on this season. Uh, premiere's December 7th. Uh, the uh, the filming is here in Colorado, so it's a uh, even more special for all of us locals. Um,
2: What's the premise, then, though, for those who've never tuned in to uh, oh, Bravo's uh, Bravo's Top Chef?
5: Well, it's a competitive cooking series. Uh, there's uh 15 to 16 chefs from across the country, all selected to go head to head. We're cooking for Phenomenal chefs throughout the whole season being judged, and then one one uh, chef goes home every week, uh, and we're all vying for a hundred twenty-five thousand dollars prize at the end.
2: So, since you weren't in Denver or in Colorado Springs for a little while, I'm just trying to put things together here to see if I can figure <laughs> out how long you lasted.
5: I'm, I'm not answering nothing. Yeah, all the all the, all the chefs were gone for a uh, for a full duration. Um, so but really, you know, we're all we're all locked down. It's a uh, it's a great experience, and make sure to stay tuned and.
2: See what happens. so how how does that work out that they, they put you in um they sequester you for the remainder uh, of the weeks
5: oh i can't talk about any of that stuff
2: <laughs> well you can't talk about your some of your colleagues here in troy guard alex seidel hosea rosenberg um Keegan Gerhardt Jen Jaczynski to name a few and frank banana boy that's a that's a great lineup of stars right there
5: absolutely amazing to to be in you know the same alumni and, and to be a part of that experience I think that was uh that was a great great experience as well
2: yeah, so um deconstructing the Denver omelet first of all, what's in a Denver omelet
5: uh, well, you know when you get to a Denver omelet uh, I mean, we all we all get to eat them uh, out here. They're uh, bell peppers, and um, you've got your egg, your cheese, and your ham. It's kind of the basis. Uh, after that, it's up to you to create what you, uh, what you can think of.
2: Yeah, throw in there whatever you want.
4: We've got Jose Rosenberg at the stadium at our Noble Energy uh, for the Bengals game, and he's told me a few things about the uh, Top Chef adventure, and it uh, definitely is uh, intense. It's all for TV, basically.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
5: It's a great experience, though. You know, it's, it's either way, it's it's great to get the um, it's great to get that brand here in Colorado, and uh, you know, continue promoting what such phenomenal chefs are doing all across the state. Uh,
3: Jay Parker here, uh, brother, chef brother. How you doing, buddy?
5: What's going on? What's going not on? a whole lot.
3: I would think that you know, yeah, like you just said it. It's all about awareness, right? So any any kind of spotlight that we can put on the Denver chefs and the Denver culinary, uh, you know, action that's happening. I mean, you know, not and especially some of the names that are involved with this. It, it, it almost you know can't backfire, right?
5: Well, you know, I, th- I think Denver, but I also think Colorado Springs, too. Don't forget us uh, up here. Well,
3: let me, rephr- <laughs> let me rephrase uh, that, Chef. Uh, Colorado chefs, uh, co- here, chefs here in Colorado. Putting a spotlight on the Colorado chefs and that culinary program, that's good. that's a great thing.
5: Oh, it's it's phenomenal. You know, I was I was honored to be a part of this season, and uh, at the same time, I'm honored to be a representative and, and, you know, introduce a lot of these chefs who haven't really seen Colorado before to Colorado. I mean, you know, if we all travel together, it's a, uh, you know, it's a beautiful state.
2: So on the phone with us right now, uh, joining us, and thanks for the time, Chef Brother Luck. Again, uh, restaurant in Colorado Springs, four by Brother Luck, and the, he's got a show that's coming up. It's uh, it debuts December seventeenth. Um, this season, 7th, 7th, December, De- 7th. December 7th, and um, you can check that out on Bravo. It's Top Chef and it, just a, a, a great number of colleagues. And it all ends up, uh, all roads lead to Aspen where Food and Wine Classic in Aspen is, is where uh, that uh, that's the type of event that any chef wants to go to. But to be able to come and do the finale there at the Food and Wine Classic <laughs> in Aspen, that's pretty special, too.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, any of us that have been to Aspen know that it's, uh, it's a special place. You know, and the to Aspen Top Chef building there is a uh, is even more unique because it's such an iconic part of our culinary um, scene here in uh, here in Colorado.
2: Well, that's cool, man. Listen, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of flat-footed because you can't say anything. So we we will tune in. I was telling Jay, I said, Jay, this is one of those ones to where these are so many of the great chefs that we. Uh, lift up and talk about um on the modern eater show each and every week it's just so cool to see everybody coming together and joining forces because high tides are going to raise all ships and i really believe that to be the case uh also we see another guy that's just really excelling right now and chef justin brunson with his pilot tv show serious Meats uh, that's oh, on the God. food network uh have you had any run-ins with uh chef brunson
5: you know, we've been trying to hook up. Every time uh, I head up to Denver, he's out of town and vice versa. So uh, I'm sure eventually I'm going to get up there and get one of our hot chicken sandwiches.
2: Okay, cool. Hey, listen, thank you so much. We're going to tune in. And then when you when we see the, uh, the airing and how far you went, uh, I'm sure you did fantastic, Chef. You're just one of those guys. It's so much fun to be around. Uh, give the 30-second uh, elevator speech of why people should come uh, to see you in Colorado Springs at 4 by Brother Luck.
5: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Colorado Springs is uh, phenomenal. It's uh, it's uh, you know my favorite, one of my favorite parts of Colorado. Um, cuisine we're doing down here is obviously you know very eccentric, very modern. Um, you know, me being originally from San Francisco, uh, found a beautiful space, and you know we're kind of focusing on hunters, farmers, fishermen, and gatherers, and that's where the name Four comes from. Um, in addition to that, me being brother luck the four. So you know, come check us out. There's some cool stuff. I'm literally poaching pierogies right now as we speak. So <laughs> fun stuff.
2: That's so cool. Thanks, Chef. I appreciate your time.
5: No problem. No problem. Anytime.
2: There he is, Chef Brother Luck. Uh, you know, we, we uh, Chef Jean. we went and visited uh, Chef Brother Luck. At, what was his location called last time? It escapes me. Mm. Went and visited him, and as he's ramping up, um, you know, with chefs, there's so many things going on, but the, the temptation. Wh- wh- what do you think, you know, for a guy that's opening up a new location and then here comes Bravo and Top Chef, there's probably a consideration in his mind of well, should I go do this or die
4: I mean exactly I mean th- there's a lot to opening up a restaurant mm-hmm. alone, yeah and uh, just being honored to uh, go on bravo and do that kind of thing yeah. it's it's intense.
2: you gotta figure the marketing's probably worth the time away from the restaurant
4: right right, uh,
2: but at the same time it's like, man you know, I guess those calls never come at a great time no.
4: And I, uh, in my experience, it's always when you're deep in it. Yeah. Have you, you ever, always,
2: you ever done anything like that?
4: Um, some things that are similar to it, like competition mm-hmm. with the American Culinary Federation mm-hmm. and doing uh, mystery basket, uh, competitions. Now I'm mostly a judge, so I'm doing a lot of judging, but it's intense. You know, the, the late all night, late night mm-hmm. working on stuff and presenting the next day. It's pretty amazing.
2: What about competition in general? Is that, is that kind of just a throwaway thing that's pretty subjective just by the judges themselves? And, and here it is. You're, you're putting yourself. Or are there really fundamentals that people look for and you can really discern who's, who's uh, above and beyond uh, the, the last person standing like they do here with Top Chef?
4: It's a lot of both, honestly. And, you know, when you started out and you've got these master chefs that are, that are judging you and, and uh, it's pretty intense and intimidating, mm-hmm. but it's all about cooking. You know, yeah. It's really all about cooking and good food
2: the end of the day cooking yeah. that's the voice of chef christopher de um, center plate at sports authority of Mile i i really want to just dig in so let's take a break we'll come back we'll do that also in the kitchen i'm looking forward to this because this gal i think she just hung the moon it's chef linda hampton hampson fox and actually just she just texted me back i said are you ready in the kitchen she'll be in the kitchen uh, literally at her new location called the bindery at uh, 1817 central street here in denver Colorado. Uh we caught up with her at a Kidney Foundation event uh, over a year ago mm-hmm. and she was ramping up and and there she is participating and the location was like uh you know many many months out and mm-hmm. she's participating in this Kidney Foundation event and here it is finally October. And she can open her doors up to the public and she's just uh, doing that whirlwind dance right now. So we'll catch up with uh, Linda Hampson Fox uh, in, in the kitchen at 645. In the meantime and in between time, we'll take a break. We'll come back right back. And Chef Christopher Dejean's joined us in studio right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins? The list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love owner john irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in trust me when i tell you the products from his bakery in arvada are fresh flavorful and masterly crafted leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing simply delicious the bakery is located in arvada on 64th and sims across the street from arvada west high school Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things.
3: The most delicious hot dogs in Denver are at Billy's Gourmet Hot Dogs. Signature dogs, specialty dogs, gourmet sausages. Homemade, hormone-free, 100% single-sourced meat and never any artificial flavors or coloring. You can taste the difference. 24th and Larimer near Coors Field. Plus food truck, street carts, and at Fiddler's Green. Savor the best damn dog in Denver. Billy's GourmetHotDogs.com
2: Justin Brunson, Old Major, you're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. All right, yes, indeed, we're back at it. Don't forget to set your clocks back. It's fall back, so you'll get an extra hour of sleep. Tonight. Wow.
3: Well, see, <laughs> You the, did now, not know that? No, but I was the guy in high school or growing up before yeah. the internet and all that stuff mm-hmm. that I
2: never did it. Now my phone does it automatically, so I don't have to worry about it. All right, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and co-hosting with us tonight. He's our co-host chef for the first hour. It's Chef Christopher Dijon uh, from Center Plate, Sports Authority Field at Mile High. Are people still saying Sports Authority Field, Chef?
4: Yeah, They well, no. no. They're really actually saying Mile High.
2: I love that. Yeah, I, and because um, they just don't know what so else to say. So I can cross say. that off right now? Yeah. Great! <laughs> I'm so glad to do that. <laughs> ah, I love that Mile High, and that's just—I mean—as a kid, grown up, the South stands. You yeah, know, in the old Mile High, you know, none of these naming rights. Those metal stands with mm-hmm. the metal floor.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah, made some good noise. Flo-
2: uh, floating stands. Uh, the the East stands would float back for the Bears games. The
4: <laughs> oh yeah
2: Bears baseball right. That's a little Crazy. while back. So, you know, there, listen, we could spend four hours, but I really want to get into it because I think uh, food at sporting events is um, there's there's parks, but ballparks all over the the nation that food is known. There's signature uh, food items within ballparks, right?
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's all changed. Um, they still do the fun stuff at the beginning of the season, the biggest, whatever, and the ugliest and the, you know, the donut burgers and the, uh, different things like that. But, you know, they're definitely serious about their eats and, and what they're putting out. And yeah. even to a point where we're looking at, you know, some of the chefs you were just mentioning, mm-hmm. getting them to bring, uh, something cool to the table and selling it at the stadium. Yeah. And that's one of the ideas we ha- ended up with.
2: Here's the job you're tasked with, <laughs> um, uh, keep down on the waste. I know we all oh, yeah. love Arlen pr- blood, and, and we don't waste and he'll come by oh, and he'll yeah. pick up some food he's and he's like, okay, go ahead and, and over order. That's fine. <laughs> but your job at the end of the day is like, what do my food costs look like? What are the dishes that are going to sell and sell well? And what can we do with some... Uh, uh, dishes, uh, items that are, are succinct, but yet marketable. And how can we put that out there to where we're, um, sourcing great products for what we do. And I find it really fascinating to be tasked with that job. Where do you start chef?
4: Well, it's tough. Cause we, we have, instead of employees, I have employees, but we have 1300 nonprofit groups, individuals that actually run our stands. So we have to take that in mind and and right around February didn't end until August. We're trying to do our R and D and say, okay, what can we feasibly do to make a difference? Mm-hmm. And what can they handle? What can we handle? And uh, amazing how it works. And we go back and forth with the management and tastings with the, uh, the building has some new, uh, new general managers. So they're really in tune to food, which is great. It helps us to, motivate us to you know keep on the cutting edge
2: and you do a fan survey as yeah. well oh, a, yeah. a yearly fan survey how much does that play i mean you have to kind of listen to the you fans to. right yeah you have to because they're the ones buying it exactly. at the end of the day
4: exactly and they're paying you know pretty good ticket for sure. uh their seats and they they expect some decent food yeah um beef is king Let's, beef is i king. will tell you that okay so um,
2: there's few items that you have to do and you have to do it well uh pizza right mm-hmm. yeah
4: And our pizza has been well-received. I mean, it's a a humongous piece, 14, uh, or it's a 16-inch pie cut into four.
2: But when you go off and you get crazy, like with the 2017 menu, and you introduce a pizza that has green chili chicken pizza um, sourced with the uh, green chili from Pueblo Mm -hmm. – that's kind of going out on a limb just a little bit, isn't it?
4: Yeah, trying to come up with something that's other than the normal, mm-hmm. you know. And it it's doing all right. It's doing mm-hmm. all right. It's 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 holding its own, you know. Yeah, um, I think there's other ones that have done better. I wanted the spicy Hawaiian, but ooh, uh, uh, okay, that is maybe... just...
2: one time when like uh, Jay, when I get a little uh, spark of uh, mouthwater, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that I'm in
3: on that item there. You exactly. Know? <laughs> well, what pop Jay Parker here, chef? What pops into my head is when you say, "Well, I wanted the uh, the spicy Hawaiian." Uh, how does it when when because Greg and I would throw ideas all day long, but how does it actually come to fruition? How does you oh, everybody has the ideas? Okay, this is what I would put on a pizza. This is what I like. How do you boil it all the way down to making the cut and saying, okay, come Sunday, this is what we're going with.
4: Exactly. It's very difficult. I would uh, imagine. We have a dry race board and every week during our manager's meetings, we go through it, go through the lists. I'll start doing tastings on everybody mm-hmm. and uh, not everything makes the cut. It's, a, to- it's amazing.
2: Uh, Chef uh, Christopher Dijon. Uh Chef Dijon, I have to imagine that a lot of the, the items that you have to be interchangeable a- as well, because if you can use one thing on a burger, maybe, and you can put it on a pizza and, and or a taco, that you're going to be able to push that item through a little bit easier.
4: Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Besides consistency, mm-hmm. that's one of the things we've you know, really trotted on this year. But um, we can't have one item be in the same. It's got to be used for several different things.
3: W- would you say, and I wanted to, I want to uh, coin a phrase in case, but would you say that it, you can make an argument that that's uh, uh food cost 101 yeah. for a restaurant menu, and basically you guys are just an enormous restaurant. Or, yeah, because if you think a right?
4: 139 stands, yeah, how much of that product comes back down, right. It's, right. it's amazing.
3: You just can't have one uh, boar meat sandwich no. if you're not using that boar meat on anything else. Nope.
2: Well, yeah. it, it struck me last week when we were at the, the Broadmoor for the uh, certified master chef's okay. uh, dinner. You did which, go down. I, which, I couldn't which, make it. Yeah, which was real cool. Yeah, that would have been cool if we could have uh, met up. You could have you bumped know, with man. me. I, yeah, I, had was, the, I had the
4: room. Were you at the Broadmoor? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So
2: so we're down there, and the incoming um, president for the ACF is um, Chef Helmut Holster. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Chef Holster uh, said to me, and it just rings true because I see this more and more. He says... Um, Feed the classes, and you'll eat with the masses. You feed the masses, and you'll eat with the classes. Uh, completely smart. It's like wow. okay, you may want to make this uh, extravagant food for for the classes that are so fancy and everything up, but you're gonna go broke doing yeah. it,
4: yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I tell the students that all the time: if you can't manage all the parts. You're going to be giving your keys back to the bank.
2: Yeah. So, uh, and it just rings true to when, and especially tasked with a job like you have, you know, to where you want to get it nailed down pretty darn good, but at the same time, you want to introduce items to your menu. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different things at play these days. So you got a, a burger, the Blitz Burger, with um, sourcing is, is gotta be important to you because you've got to tell a story at the same time too and your story is hey gold canyon ranch it's colorado ranch they're supplying us with our beef and um that that holds up with a lot of people it it
4: really we've never been able to sell a burger and i don't know if it's just they're used to this when i got there 12 years ago it was a pre-cooked burger uh i'm like okay and eventually we got them to use a raw burger now it's amazing. Uh, we we partnered with uh, Breckenridge Brewery, mm-hmm. and we put together a bacon jam to go on that burger, and it's gone crazy, gone I mean, nuts. Yeah, and
2: you throw in those few little. Uh, we care about sourcing. We yeah. care about sustainability. We care about our products, mm-hmm. um, and and the customer receives it very well. And I think that's the the astuteness of the consumer these days. Yeah, and I
4: think it looks good too. I think yeah. it, it's a very visual thing and and uh if they don't see it they're not going to eat it
2: here's a you talked about favorites right uh, so uh chef uh, dijon from center plate at uh, mile high mm-hmm. uh his favorite the euro right now the, here's one i now i love a euro and i got <laughs> and j- sitting in studios john irvin from gluten-free things he'll jump in on the next segment we'll talk about um uh, catering to everybody has a a dietary restriction now, which probably drives you nuts. And, And we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll save that for the next segment. Um, but here's, here it is. It's, it's one of your favorites. It's a Euro and I think everybody understands what a Euro is. Um, but to have something like this on, on the, on the menu, you have to have things, um, Like a a delicious tzatziki, I would say, and the fresh cucumbers and the red onions and and be able to provide to where if you're going to eat a gyro, you're going to have a good one.
4: Right, right. right. That's the key. And we use uh, Kronos, all of Kronos product, which is a pretty high quality product. Um, And we test everything on level one. So everything goes into level one. If it works well, then we'll move it upstairs Mm -hmm. and they'll get an opportunity to, to try it on the club level and level five.
2: I've been wondering. about.
4: So that's generally how we try to do the new concepts. Uh, we started, uh, the Euro and it did well, but it just was, you know, you wouldn't think it, but location, location, Mm -hmm. location. I told you, that's where they sit where they eat Mm -hmm. and eventually they figure it out and it's done great this year. Um, Probably not the way I want to see it done, but again, we're dealing with nonprofit groups. Mm-hmm. They have to be comfortable in how it's mm-hmm. made, and you know, having this stuff there, and it works. Food politics. Oh hey, my God! I was just gonna say that <laughs> there's so much in it. It's yeah.
3: some, as somebody like you know, Greg and myself, to go out to the to yeah. the game and ju- and sit down, and we see the menu, and we have you know that would just never be a thought. You know that <sighs> there's that there's a lot that there's so much that goes into it that it's. I bet you wish you could just sit down, uh, the world and put your hands around their neck and be like, listen, there's more to what's going on. Well, you, you know, to. I don't mean, I don't mean harm them, but it's like, just to get the, like, hey, listen, I work hard. Like this isn't, we just don't throw it together and here's your hero. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into these Let, things.
4: Well, with those changes on the pizza, mm-hmm. I have stands that are doing triple what they did last year. We have to basically fire them more pizza. We have to deliver more because they, they don't have enough space. Yeah put Not it on yeah
2: here, here's a, a, a quick curve ball from last week that struck my mind as we talk about food politics. So uh, for Metz, who's the founder of uh, uh, the, the the certified master Chefs curriculum, um, here he is at the ACF dinner, right? And he throws a shot over the bow as we're interviewing him, and he says the ACF and and you were president in what twenty thirteen of the ACF Colorado division. Mm-hmm. He threw a shot over the bow and says uh, the ACF's practically uh, irrelevant now, except for the Colorado chapter, which Joan Brewster, I think, the world of th- that woman, is she's doing a great job. Um, but you know, for the relevancy, and he had a lot of reasons that he said it, it was uh, you know uh, women cooks, women's chefs, mm-hmm. um, uh, cultivating the next generation of chefs, um, being, being relevant for the takeaway instead of uh, the old white man's group that sits around and talks about stories of 20 years ago that the millennial doesn't want to sit down and hear that for two hours. He wants uh, he or she wants to have a takeaway from that. And, and in his estimation, I think the guy is smart, as smart as all get out, and he mm-hmm. wanted to light a little fire. Do you at first blush? Do you see a little bit of that? When, you know, with your previous involvement in the ACF,
4: totally, yeah. totally. I think it's it's critical because. I mean, it's hard enough now just to get staffing mm-hmm. and to get them energized. And uh, I think that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a takeaway, something that they can use to grow and, and get better at what they're doing. Needs a
2: little shakeup. It does. Yeah.
4: It, you know, this whole
2: industry does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because uh, uh, you talk about it anymore, Jay. We see it. And one of the largest complaints is um, we have so many flakes in the kitchen. They're just here today, gone tomorrow, off to the next place, and and really didn't you know? Kind of a, a bartender or waitstaff kind of was one of those transient jobs to where you'd move into the next chapter of your lives. But cooks and chefs really hunkered down for quite it was a some, career, right? It was a career. Absolutely. That's yeah.
3: the, I mean, Greg, that's the tough thing when it comes to cooks, depending on the environment. Some cooks mm-hmm. some cooks are doing it just to pay the bills and get through it, and then other cooks are doing it because they want to, and, it, and, it's, and it's a difficult road, because to get to, to the chef that's in front of me in, in his chair, you have to put in a lot of hours and a lot of work, more than people, and that's how you know, Greg, and I say this all the time, that's how you know that when we have these people in the chairs in front of us, we know they're the real deal because of what they have to go through to be sitting in that chair because you if you don't love it and if you don't have the passion for it you wouldn't be sitting in there and you wouldn't be holding a lot of those titles that those chefs hold
4: i I tell them go be a brain surgeon it'll be easier you'll make more money you know? I, I, mean, I agree
3: with that 100 percent right. and Greg here's my segue uh, when you speak of uh, Ferdinand Metz and, yeah. and those master yes. chefs is go to uh, the modern eater Facebook page uh-huh. and you'll see you'll, you'll hear the interview with Ferdinand Metz uh, Helmut holzer Jason Hall we did that from uh, the mm-hmm. Broadmoor
2: and then Jason also, Hall a young guy certified yeah. master chef uh I mean that, that curriculum and I I threw it back to Ferdinand Metz and I said hey listen you've got to be an executive chef for 10 years in order to even go in to this program of certified master chefs, aren't you a little bit irrelevant at that point in time by just putting 10 years of life on you? How much do you identify to Gen Z or or the the, the younger millennial? And it, it, you know what? He he thought about that and he said, you're right, we've got to maybe do something about that.
4: I think it's a change of thought process because sure. I know I had to go through it just to keep my staff Mm -hmm. and keep them engaged and i'm still working on it yeah i mean i think that's the the, really the sign of a good chef is that you're constantly working on your craft and it might not always be cooking
2: this is so much fun uh again uh, with us here in studio and he took some time off of the broncos play the eagles tomorrow it's an early game it's 11 a.m and you're gonna um uh, you don't have to get up too early. You can sleep a, an extra hour. You do want to set your clocks back tonight. But uh, if, if, for all intents and purposes, if you don't set your clock back, it's a noon start time tomorrow. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, you just, you pick it, you it up do, at halfway through the second. It's you know, 11 a.m. Right. right. Uh, so what I did is I wanted to preview, and we'll bring John Irvin uh, to just a great uh, stand by you guy from uh, Gluten Free Things in Arvada, a dedicated gluten free vegan uh, bakery. And John just does uh, the, the best work that you could possibly do as local and you, and local products is, is what uh mile high and center plate looks for mm-hmm. and um, gluten-free things. And I'm so proud of the guy is in center plate uh, and available gluten-free, but talking about dietary restrictions, talking about our certain things, fads, let's come back and hunker down for a few minutes before uh, we talk at 645 to Lind, uh chef, Linda Hampson Fox uh, from the bindery. What do you say, chef? Absolutely. There he is. Chef Christopher Dijon, center plate, Mile High Stadium. All's well in the world. It is the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
3: So maybe you have a restaurant and aren't making as much money as you'd like. Perhaps you need help with food costs or ideas on improving your menu. Get help now. Email Greg and the chef today. TheModernEater@gmail.com. at gmail.com
0: Remember the time when if you wanted to enjoy a classic Belgian-style beer, you'd better be visiting Europe? Hi, I'm Charlie Gottenkenny, head brewer of Bruise Beers right here in Denver. It's with great honor that my partner Ryan Evans and I are able to share our passion for Belgian-inspired beers from our local microbrewery, Bruise Beers. Located at the intersection of 67th and Pecos in the Midtown community, we invite you to Denver's only all-Belgian style brewery and taproom to sample an array of classic Belgian-inspired beers. If you're a Colorado craft beer lover like myself, you're sure to appreciate our attention to providing only the best ingredients and care when we brew our Belgian beer recipes. With a food truck every night and open seven days a week, our spacious, dog-friendly tap room and beer garden welcomes you, your friends, and family to sample from a large selection of award-winning, small-batch, handcrafted artisan ales. Look us up online at brewsbeers.com. That's bruzbeer com, and we'll see you at the brewery.
2: All right, back to Chef Dijon from Centerplate and Mile High. Uh, momentarily but right now the goods restaurant at 2550 east colfax in denver uh it's attached to the tattered cover building across the street from east high school um you want to check these guys out i'll tell you why Uh, they are modifying their menus towards what their neighborhood it's a neighborhood spot Uh, whether you're there for the bar menu uh, the great sourcing of products um it's just the attention to detail and i always say um their business reminds me of being like a mullet d- during the day family and then a night party party in the back you that's know? right party's always in the back keep it going so 2550 east colfax in denver 71 percent of their dinner menu is gluten free or has gluten free options 78 percent of their lunch menu is gluten free or has gluten free options of their brunch menu is gluten-free or has gluten-free options. Do you see a theme here? Uh, One of their uh, house favorites is the Paleo Bowl uh, with house smoked pork, Wood oven, roasted vegetables, two sunny side eggs, and Indonesian sambal sauce. Uh, Chef, did I say that right? Sambal sauce. There you go. Uh, They cater and host uh, events and parties of all sizes. They never charge a rental fee. Did you hear that? Never charge a rental fee for the space. You want to book your holiday party now uh, with 15 or more people for November, December, February, or March and receive a $100 gift card for free just by booking your home. Holiday party there. That is free See, money. Yeah, it seems like a no brainer to me. So, again, go check out the goods restaurant at 2550 East Colfax in Denver. It is the goods restaurant.
6: My name is Chef Keegan Gerhardt, owner of D Bar, and you're listening to the modern eater on iHeartRadio.
2: A uh, side note Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> If you want to jump, Jay and I will be down there having lunch uh, with Chef Keegan Gerhard at D Bar Denver on their uh, location. I guess you can't call it new anymore on 19th Street. We can't uh, just an hour
3: worth of autographs, though. We can't push that further like we did last <laughs> Maybe time. Maybe if this
2: gentleman was joining us, Chef Christopher DeJean and uh, Center Plate, Mile High Stadium. Broncos away tomorrow that's why you're able to spend some time here with us tonight um during the season just it's a blitzkrieg right
4: yeah <laughs> especially that first four games
2: you're going a million miles an hour
4: we, we don't even look up yeah i mean we i'll see it in a month
2: we had a, uh, an opportunity to see you carrying a, a baggie of your native soil in your uh, home, des- in your de- destination of, uh, here it is. This is Dijon's office. <laughs> Come check it out, man. And people are just, uh, you know, it's like um, organized chaos.
4: That's exactly what I call it. Yeah. You know, hopefully more of the organized and not as much chaos, but. I get a little bit of both.
2: Here's this guy coming to the show right now. We always love getting him on. His name is John Irvin. He's a baker. He's a, he's an, in, he's a recovering engineer. <laughs> <laughs> now Baker, get that microphone right up to you. Uh, again, I think this guy, I think the world of him and John Irvin, he's supported the modern eater show for quite some time. And, and it's, um it's one of these things to where if you're not looking at gluten free, and anybody jump in, if you're not looking at gluten-free in an industry that has um, basically uh, even growth all the way across the board, and you don't see that gluten-free is your only spike, <laughs> then you're missing the boat, oh uh, Mr. Tour, Mr. Whomever. Um, g- gluten-free is here to stay. And there's a reason for it Uh, celiac very small 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 percentage Uh, that's a very difficult thing to actually cater to but more and more there are um, people that are intolerant they're lifestylers they're people have figured out that uh, gluten just has no place in my body at all because it's causing inflammation it's wreaking havoc on my gut Uh, there are things that i just feel better if i'm gluten free sure and somebody like you chef you're tasked with um, you know, working with a guy like John. First of all, John, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, here it is. Uh, first of all, congratulations that uh, center plate. And and I know, uh, Chef Dijon, you're not just going to give a handout to somebody because you're pals with them or anything else. You need to find a need and you need to find the best product and you need to fulfill that. And it just so happens, John Irvin is that guy that can stand up and put his hand in the
4: air. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of product out there mm-hmm. and it's just not all the same and uh everybody's formula is differently and we have to handle it differently you know than most places it's Mm -hmm. not like we're got a little restaurant we can keep it in the freezer and pull Mm -hmm. it up Mm -hmm. we've got it in you know four or five different locations and it's it's difficult you know we got to rely on other people to handle stuff yeah and uh his is pretty good product
2: hey john uh yeah how do you know when you're, when you've got, this is probably a very delicate account. You've got to nurture this account. You've got to make sure you're getting him the best products uh, in the most timely fashion. How do you approach something like that, John, when you're looking to, um, say, uh, Chef Dijon? I, I really think you ought to look at this. Or, is, or does Chef Dijon say, this is what I need, and you fulfill it?
6: Well, I've known Chef Dijon for about 20 years. And it's even when I started uh, Gluten-Free Things back in 2012, it's taken me five years to get to the point where Chris you know liked our product and the thing is is that uh Chris here approached us before the season and said uh, well let's taste your product and see what it is and he was didn't like what they had been using and I know for a fact that if I didn't perform to the highest level just because we're friends doesn't mean that I'm going to get.
2: What does that mean, performing to the highest level? Does that mean that you, as a person, you're, you you got to get it expedite? You have to expedite this order and get it there? Or do you have to make sure that your product is where it needs to be to be able to be represented, et cetera, plate, at mile high?
6: Well, I want my product to taste like, you know, one of the great compliments is that people uh, call back the waiter a lot of times and say, hey, you gave me the wrong thing and this tastes like bread. Uh, a lot of people can taste the difference between bread, wheat bread, and, and gluten free. But, um, you know, one of the things I really, and I, because we do have a long, you know, relationship and stuff, is that what it does, it puts us on a different level. Um, it may hurt my ego a little bit and stuff like that if, you know, somebody doesn't like something. But you know what? I'm always trying to be the best. Now, production and stuff like that, getting the product to, you know, my high or to my customers and stuff like that is always, you know, it's a certain challenge. But uh, that's, to me, easy. Compared to your formulas, yeah, and stuff. So I, I look- that's where your
2: engineering comes in. And Jay and I try and visit you as often as we can. But your care and, and attention to detail, and and what you the relationship that you've created with your customer is it's outstanding. And and someone walks in the door, you're going to have them sample your bread because you want them to try it. And I think it's one of those things to where if you do try it, I know a lot of times you know with the beer consumption, or if I can cut a corner and reduce the gluten inside of my body with a great tasting brand, such as gluten-free things, I'm going to take you up on it. And, and I have been, and, and I really appreciate the care and attention to detail, uh, that you put in your product. Here's a question that I'll pose to you though. And and this must be kind of cool. We've been beating the drum for a long time now about gluten-free and you know, at the beginning, it's one of those things where the, these guys are just a pain in the rear. These people that need gluten-free or want gluten-free. It's like, how do we cater to everybody's little nitpicking need as far as dietary concerns? We beat that drum for quite a while. But now people are starting to recognize and come to you, John. I come to you and say, I found a need for this and I'd like you to fulfill my need. That must be pretty rewarding to be able to feel that.
6: It's still an uphill battle. Uh, it's still an uphill battle, but the issue being is that. What, I can't wait, hear
2: John in my ear set there. Did something different happen?
6: It's live, right? There we got, go. You got it going? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the yeah. things is that, with respect to a lot of uh, restaurants and stuff like that, is that as we've been, uh, it's over been over a year now that we've had a relationship, and people think it's a pain, uh, you know, having to serve these gluten free people. And they always look at the celiacs. Again, celiacs are only 10 to 15%. percent you got an 85% market there. 15% are lifestylers. The rest of them are intolerant. Uh, it's still an uphill battle. And I think that one of the things that we're trying to do is get more and more people to come in and taste our stuff and trying to make our stuff more cost-effective.
2: Yeah, it's education. It, yeah. And, and, and going back to... Um, to Chef De Jean from Mile High and Center Plate, uh, it, it doesn't stop it. You're seeing more and more vegans. Yeah, yeah. And vegans have to hide in the shadows these days because they can't eat anything. And as I'm doing No November, I picked three things that I'm doing no for. Uh, I know that dairy creates inflammation for me, so I'm dropping the dairy for a month. Just to see how I feel. You right. know, I'm dropping the grains for a month just to see how I feel, and I'm dropping the booze for a month just to see how I feel. So those are the three things that I'm dropping out of there. But as I do that and I see butters dairies in everything, That's every, nice. I mean, even if you think you're going to get some protein or a steak somewhere at a steakhouse, you, you, probably, you, butter
4: it. probably butter based.
2: Probably. butter. It's absolutely, absolutely right. But as you see gluten-free things, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and having to the ability to fulfill this need to where these people can come out of the shadows, they can join somebody at a at a turkey dinner and have a stuffing that that we've seen people cry, yeah, we've seen literally. people absolutely cry to be able to provide that for them, and I think as we move. Along in this world of figuring out really what nutrition is and dietary needs and what bodies are doing that as we can fulfill these things in an expeditious manner, mm-hmm. we're going to be much further along.
4: Yeah. And I think it really is about customer service. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it comes back down to is being able to take care of the customer, what they want and what yeah. they need.
2: She's on hold a little bit early, we'll, so we'll take that break now. She'll sit through a break. I'm so sorry, Linda. Uh, Linda Hampston-Fox, and uh, she's a chef, and she's a good one. She'll be in the kitchen from the Bindery at 1817 Central Street, and again, in studio with us. We're just so happy to have him. From center plate at Mile High, Chef Christopher DeJean, myself, Greg Hollenbeck, and Jay Parker. They're fun, fun night, fun it's conversation. Every, every yeah. week's fun. <laughs> and John Irvin from Gluten-Free Things, man. He is just doing a work of uh you know i can't thank you enough for what you do john just fulfilling that need for people that want gluten-free there you go john Irvin. all right we'll be right back in a flash it is the modern eater show on iheart radio
5: hey this is dave Thibodeau
3: from Stop brewing down in durango you're listening to the modern eater show on iheart radio rocker spirits it's a distillery it's a place to hang it's about quality it's about taste it's about passion Infused with American spirit, Rocker Whiskey, Rocker Rum, Rocker Vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And have you ever had pizza from a thousand degree oven? Great pizza from Sprezzatora. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com.
2: All right, back to the show in just a minute. In the kitchen, coming right up with Chef Linda Hampston Fox. And But right now, i got to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. This is so cool. First of all, uh, new location for Tap 14. They're going to be joining the uh, likes of Keegan Gerhardt on 19th Avenue with a new location of 70 taps. And Jeff Rourke, the most trusted man in the business, is going to be doing that install of faucets. And there's a reason why. 20 years in the business, installing custom tacks, taps. He works with the owners and managers. To design and and make it reality, Punchbowl Social, Bruise Beers, Solutions Lounge. Uh, the, the list goes on and on. De- uh, declaration, the Broadmoor. He can do wine, coffee, water, add a nitro line, do beer lines, uh, but really efficiency where it's at. You need an A-plus on your report card. Go get that report card from Jeff Rourke. He'll come in and tell you how to be as efficient as possible because this delicious beer that we're brewing these days, it needs to be the exact same way that that brewer intended it to be. If you're pouring inefficient beer, Jay, what are you doing? You're pouring your money down the drain. Please don't pour your money down the drain. Get a hold of Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions at 720-272-3809. 720-272-3809. Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Whose cuisine
3: reigns supreme? You're listening to The Modern Eater Show. The ultimate gourmet challenge. And it's time for In the Kitchen.
2: No, that's it. We can do that. The Modern Eater Show every week. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, our guest host this hour as time just flies by. And uh, Chef Christopher Dijon from Center Plate, a mile high. Uh, You guys ready to jump into uh, somebody's kitchen right now?
4: Absolutely. I want to go cook with her.
2: (laughs) Let's do it. All right. We'll go to the VIP line where this lady deserves to be, uh, Chef Linda Hampston Fox from the Bindery. They just opened up, 1817 Central Street. It's been uh, a while in the making, and I'm just so happy to join you in the kitchen, uh, Chef Linda.
1: Hey, guys. How are you?
2: (laughs) We're all doing good. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, dinner service Saturday night, huh? How are we doing? Yeah,
1: it's awesome. We're one week open, and we're having a lot of fun. I've got a server here just about to ask me a question.
5: Yeah. Is in what is
1: your dirt? Oh, we've got a dish here, the secret garden, that we've made a really fun dirt out of chicory and us, and we have a pumpkin pate and some carrot jerky and some sweet pastrami happening.
2: Ooh. Yes in a good. second, sounds good We're to me. On an
1: octopus,
2: right? I love in the kitchen. <laughs> Just to hear, I mean, listen. So, uh, uh, Chef Linda, uh, Chef Christopher DeJean, he's tasked with being the uh, executive chef for Center Plate at Mile High. Uh, so he's here along with us, listening to you in the kitchen. But I can tell the spark in his eyes. He's like, "You're in the hunt there, Chef Linda." <laughs>
1: It's so great. We're having a great time in the kitchen. We've got some killer dishes happening on this menu, so really fun.
2: All right, let's dig in. So we met you over a year, I think about a year ago. It was the Kidney Foundation's event where they brought chefs together and did silent auctions, all the fun stuff to just uh, for a great cause. But there you were. I mean, um, your, your your restaurant wasn't even close to being opened. And I think the, the, the push time, it, it got pushed back a couple of times. Am I right?
1: Oh. Absolutely! My gosh. It's been a long haul to get open, but we are here now, and Roi and Denver are just really happy and received us so well and so excited.
2: How would you desc- describe the Bindery, Chef?
1: Well, the Bindery is an all-day neighborhood place. You can come into the market or bakery in the morning and... Uh, grab a great coffee. We're teamed up with Dragonfly, which is an award-winning coffee maker from Boulder. Only location in Denver that's carrying it. got a great pastry program. uh, Our chef, Rachel Young, is just amazing and rocking it. And then we have full-service eatery. We started with our dinner service at night, happy hour, and we just opened on the weekends for brunch. And very creative menu. Got a octopus coming up here. Hold on a second. Let me push this
2: out. That's in the kitchen, Greg. There you go. Talking, where's right the queso? Here. Chef, so you're probably um looking Table,
1: at the Got it. Yeah. Sorry
2: no, you're fine. Nachos, table four. You're probably looking at all the plated food that comes through, right? Just right off the line, and you're making sure that um, not only are the dishes uh, what you uh, wanted them to be, but up to your standards and also expedited in, in a timely fashion, right?
1: Uh, absolutely. I think it's. Um, we're really lucky. We've got a great team of chefs in the kitchen, great front of house management, bar management, servers. Um, but definitely, one of the biggest things getting rolling is making sure that everybody understands what my aesthetic is, and I'm here day and night right now just making sure my eyes are on every dish.
4: So, what what uh, what's your style of food? What are you what are you actually serving?
1: Why, I'll tell you, um, that is the common question, and the best way to answer that is like my entire life and heritage is in this food, so. You'll see flavors from the time that I lived and worked in Mexico to a lot of strong Mediterranean flavors because I was living in Tuscany and Switzerland for almost 15 years. So it's creative. It's definitely got a little European thread through it. Um, but uh, I think some of our hot dishes right now is an octopus and an ob- agua chili marrow, this beautiful Spanish octopus, and people are loving that. We're also doing a rabbit dish that's a rare bit. So, Welsh dish, it's usually a Welsh toast with a mustard cheese cream. But we have this smoked um, rabbit on top of it with uh, beautiful cheese and smoked pecans, and people are big in that.
4: So, real eclectic, sounds like. You're you're everywhere.
1: No, super. We've got a bunch of great handmade pasta, beautiful chingale on top of the deli, which the classic Tuscan way of doing that is to add a little sweet and sour and dark cocoa on the top. And, um, yeah, you'll find a lot of
2: fun, really creative food. Yeah, so you're going to, Greg here, so you're going to figure out uh, what's going to stick here. Shortly is what's going to happen to you because uh, that is such a wide-open menu right there, and I I really take a bow uh, or applaud you um, that you're able to put out a menu like that, and and I think it's really cool because here's what here's what we're gonna do. Jay and myself we're taking a field trip this uh, next week, I believe, and then we're gonna follow up with you. We've got to come down and see the bindery, and I think maybe we piqued the interest of uh, Chef Dijon from Center Plate at Mile High. Uh, maybe Chef, you want to come down and join I'd Jay it. and myself? I love it. I'd, the one thing oh i, I missed doing We'd love to have it. All right, so we're gonna do we're gonna get together uh, some of some of us notable. We're going to come down and and enjoy ourselves with you, and then we'll report back. Does that sound like fun?
1: You guys, I can't wait to see you.
2: Okay, cool. We'll put that together on our end. Uh, 30 seconds. Why should people come down and see you there at the bindery?
1: Well, it's the most amazing space. The restaurant is beautiful. The service is so on point, and the food is like nothing you've seen in the city.
2: That's so cool. Thank you, Chef. We'll be seeing you this week, okay?
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Can't yep. wait to see you. Thanks. Bye. Good
2: just, Uh Chef Linda Hampston-Fox, we talked about, and about a minute left here, uh, but we talked to Chef Dijon about food costs and everything. When you hear a menu so wide open like that, pretty ambitious.
4: Very, very. I mean, you have to be on top of it. Yeah. And I miss that. I miss being able yeah. to to have that ability. Yeah. I can't be in like 15 places. She'll at tweak once. it. She'll yeah. tweak
2: it, though. You want to come to a field trip with Jay and I myself? I right. would love it. I would love it. All right, we'll bring John with us.
4: Okay. <laughs> we'll
2: bring John with us, too. As long as he brings right. bread. Yeah, it'll be a boys' night. Yeah. We'll do a boys' night out. All right, we'll do that. Uh, thank you so much.
4: Absolutely. I appreciate it. Power just here. flew by. I know.
2: It just flew by. Where's that? You can stick around if you want to.
4: Yeah. Talk about more food.
2: Talk about more food. There's nothing better. All right. There he is. uh, Chef Christopher Dijon, uh, center plate, mile high. So cool to catch up with you. And uh, we'll be back. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up in the next hour on The Drinker Show. Uh, We'll check in with Craft Alley and Bryce Forrester. That'll be next. Uh, They're delivering craft beer throughout the Denver metro area. Be back for The Drinker.